Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and presson falsies. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, (laughs) and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I am Jen Romolini. And we're back. We're back. It's January. It is absolutely freezing outside here. It was 17 degrees when I walked the dog this morning. And of course, my apartment is a sweat lodge. What do you have? Do you have radiators? I have radiators. And no, I have like in-wall things. Okay. And like, I have to, like, I was getting so tired in here waiting for us to start and I had to turn the heat off in this room. So it's like a, you're either freezing or you're not. None of this is very interesting. How are well, you? I'm fine. I'm fine. But the temperature stuff is interesting. I started drinking caffeine again, which was, was really exciting. Oh, it, it is. I only drink one cup of coffee a day. And recently I had another cup in the afternoon and I was like, you know what really works? Caffeine really works. Caffeine really works. But it's a deal with the devil because for me, caffeine is a hot flash trigger. So then Mm. in the middle of the night, or actually it's not the middle of the night, it's right before I wake up, which is a nice alarm, I guess. There's like (laughs) a very, very profound like hot flash, night sweating, heart palpitations, the whole fucking thing. And I wake up in like a a pool of neck sweat, um, kind of shivering (laughs) all over. And that's what I pay to be caffeinated every day. It's almost worth it, though. I think it is worth it. I think it is worth it. Um, and speaking of imbibing, I started microdosing this week. I am. I, I cannot wait to hear all about this. I need to know about this. Well, I've only so so I've only taken one. You're supposed to take them every three days, and I have no idea if it worked. But I will say I had the best writing day I've had in at least a month. On Sunday, the day I took the microdose of this mushrooms. I didn't trip. I didn't have any, like anything that wasn't normal for me. But then again, I was thinking recently that maybe my brain is really weird. (laughs) Maybe I'm always kind of tripping, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you're not with microdosing. You're not supposed to trip, right? It's no. supposed to just give you a very light, happy kind of I can get shit done feeling. Well, I definitely felt that. I definitely felt that. And then I take my next one tomorrow and we'll see. We'll see. I'm just, I'm trying something new. I'm trying. This is, this is my big resolution drugs. <laughs> but no, I was, I was pretty cool on Sunday when I took them. I was, I was pretty mellowed out and I was very productive. I, I, who knows if that was me just like, you know, on the second day of the year being like, that's it. Just I'm overcoming my fear of writing. Fuck this. The only way to write is to write. Um, but it was, it was, I made some connections I had not made before and I got unstuck in a chapter I was really stuck in. So who knows, who knows if that was it? Well, but it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, you know, and who cares? Try new things. Who gives a shit? Um, trying to things. I would be afraid to microdose because of the medications I take for my depression. I'd be afraid that somehow it would mess with that. Yeah. I mean, look, this is not a medical, this is not a medical <laughs> opinion. I am not giving advice to anybody. I am, I am simply saying something that I'm trying out to see. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's also price of admission just for living here at this point, you know, yeah, it kind <laughs> of is, you know, it's just, California is just a, it's just a place where people microdose and drink kombucha. It just really is. It just really is. A third of Sai Bowl place opened up in my neighborhood. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? How many people are eating this? <laughs> That's like my neighborhood in poke places. Is that oh, how you say it? Pokey. Poke. 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 There are so many poke places and Maybe that's delicious, but that shit looks so gross to me. Like sushi is like thin little slices of fish, but poke is like big chunks of raw fish. A good poke place is incredible. A bad one, because we have one in our neighborhood, is the most disgusting food in the world. Like it's also like when you're cold, eating like just a blob of cold fish is just not. It, it's not yeah. great. It's not great. No. Um, not to disparage the entire food, the cuisine. I think that it can be done very well, but I think this mass-produced poke is is not in anyone's best interest. Is really what I. No, I agree. You know what I was thinking about recently? Near the old Condé Nast building on Madison Avenue, there was a conveyor belt sushi place. Mm -hmm. Do you know about these places? No, I, I know about them, but I never went to this. It's the most fun ever. It's not the best sushi, but it is the most fun ever. And lately I've been dreaming of going to conveyor belt sushi. You have to go to Tokyo when we can all, when we're all out of the uh, COVID pain stew that we're soaking in. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh my Jesus. God. I've just been like, it is, it's just, that's what I've been calling it. The COVID pain stew, because I just feel like I'm <laughs> sitting in a thing I can't get out of. It's just gross and chunky and disgusting and annoying. This one That's at least hilarious. has been less terrifying and more annoying, I think. You know, this Omicron? Yeah. This Omicron, my mom got it. Oh, so did mine. Right now. Yeah, but they're, is she doing okay? Because my mom, like, is doing okay. My mom is doing okay. Good. My mom is doing okay. Um, she had a couple of days... You know, she had a couple of days where, you know, my mom has um, compromised lungs 
and she had a couple of days where we were scared that she had it. She was coughing a lot, um, but then she was okay. She made it was like you know it was a it was a flu, um, but it's just I don't know about your holiday, but mine was just like a fuck sandwich of dealing sure. with <laughs> dealing with like unvaxxed relatives and people refusing to test because it was offensive and people who are unvaxxed not wanting other people to know they were unvaxxed and fights and and I was trying to find compassion and empathy and understanding because I don't want to do long-term damage and all of the alienation of other people who don't think like you I think is getting us nowhere and like you know so I was trying to like do this like weird dance but I was just pissed the whole time. There was never yeah. a moment I wasn't pissed off. And then my mom got COVID and then, you know, now you have an exposure and now you're like, it's just, there's no guidance. There's no tests. I had a dream the other night that I went into a CVS and stole an entire end cap of take home COVID <laughs> tests. <laughs> and I was like distributing them like some COVID fucking Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So how about you? How was your, how was your, your, your COVID holiday? My COVID holiday was as quiet as a holiday could be. We did very little. We hung out. We eventually came downstairs in the morning and had breakfast. We watched a bunch of movies. I'm almost done with The Wire now. Wow. Started watching Yellow Jackets again. I'd love to tell you that I um, started a great new book, but that did not happen. <laughs> but, but no, it's fun. We watched um, 16 Candles, which is the least woke movie, like in retrospect, just, a, a you know, well, really it's, not, it's also real rapey. It's it's rapey and it's racist. Yep. Um, But but, you know, I'm still, a you know, a little bit of a sucker for that last scene. Oh, when he comes up in the car. Yeah. When he comes up in the car. I mean, look, that was all it's. It's hard to shake those things. That was all of our fantasy. I probably watched that movie, I don't know, a hundred times more. But I'm older than you. Like that movie came out when I was like already in college. And yet I still like for a long time, teen entertainment way before Sassy was always really appealing to me. Yeah. You know, and, and it isn't as much anymore. Although I've watched that show, that new Mindy Kaling show that she produced called the sex lives of college girls mm -hmm. it's good. it's 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 not bad it's not bad it's kind of good so that's what i did during the holidays watched a lot of we watched after hours which everybody should watch when they're in the mood for a laugh because it's such a great old movie and shows new york the way new york isn't anymore yeah yeah no in a way that i miss new york the fantasy my fantasy of new york is that in new york still the the new york i moved to New York for because it was the because I lived in Philly so we would visit you know in the 80s and 90s and as teenagers and it felt like it felt very different than it did obviously post sex in the city um speaking of I want to keep I want to go back to sex in the city because the last episode I saw of sex in the city was so fucking good that I really felt I it was so 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 good and I mean, it's not called Sex in the City anymore, even though I keep it's called And Just Like That. But it, this last episode, which was written by Samantha Irby, who is a genius, but there's a scene in this movie with Miranda 
that is so true to middle age life and a specific kind of middle age life, you know, long time married, older kids, white, privileged, all of that. But she has this, she has this meltdown to Carrie and she says, I'm just unhappy. I'm really unhappy. And we talk a lot about, you know, portraying older women and all of this. And we've, everybody's been having a good laugh at the expense of sex in the city, but I was watching it and I was like, oh, you know what? Miranda was always the best character on this show. Miranda Mm -hmm. was always the most true to life character. We are all Mirandas. And this is the most true to life depiction of what a certain kind of middle age feels like. Um, the dissatisfaction, the feeling of being trapped. You know, she's drinking too much in this season because she's just looking for any kind of escape and she's starting to act out. And that feeling that it's over, that anything good has already happened. Nothing exciting is going to happen again. Yeah. And you're just you're just kind of in your life in a kind of quicksand way. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And I just wanted to revise my opinion on this show because I also feel like I did that thing that you do sometimes when everybody hates something, but you kind of like it. And so then you have to pretend that you kind of hate it, even though I really <laughs> liked it. You know, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch more of it. I, I tried one. I tried twice to get through the first episode and I was just not into it. Look, pilots are tough. First off, pilots are True. always tough. No matter if it's an old show, a pilot is always tough. It gets better. And you know what? You won't even miss that much if you skip to the the third or fourth episode. I also think it's getting at a thing that makes us all uncomfortable, which is how clumsy we are as white women trying to live in a woke world. And, yes, and that yes. scene and that scene was painful. That yes. scene with um, but it but very very true to life. Like it is painful. It's painful because and who the fuck cares? You know that it is it just it's it it it, there's almost no right way if you're a middle-aged white lady yeah other than to keep your mouth shut shut the fuck up and listen shut the fuck up and listen just shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) black people don't don't want black people don't want our like our like performative allyship you know like they don't want this shit all those books we were supposed to read a couple of years ago half of which most of which were written by other white women you know it's like yeah. it's just i think it gets at the clumsiness and i think that we all hate it because we hate seeing it because it's a reflection it's a poor reflection of ourselves you know but mm-hmm. i think it gets it right so yep um the other thing i saw last night i actually watched was have you seen the lost daughter I want to. Oh, I'm gonna watch it. Okay, watch it. Amazing. I, it's amazing. I, amazing. The most accurate portrayal of motherhood in the darkest way I've ever seen. I mean, this this movie is right up my alley because I like anything that makes being a parent look like hell. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me feel better about my life choices and circumstances. <laughs> well, it will. It's so good. Olivia Coleman is so good, but also like, you know, she's 48 and people keep asking her age and she's like, I'm 48 and she's sexy and she's kind of unapologetic and she's 
the her outfits on this beach vacation are amazing and Dakota Johnson's in it and she's great and it's that hot guy from normal people the hot Irish kids in it he's just on mm-hmm. he's like oh, lit- wow. he's just like literary dick i mean i hate it <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not the right way to call him but anyway it's it's so so good and there's a point in the movie this won't spoil anything there's a point in the movie where she's talking to her kids and as a, as a young mother and she's talking to her kids on the phone she's away from them and she hangs up the phone and she says, I fucking hate talking to my kids on the phone. And I laughed and laughed because talking to your kids on the phone when they're little and uh, it's it's the most chaotic, annoying thing in the world, even though when you're away, you have to do it. But they're mm-hmm. just like, especially you're trying to FaceTime them. They're slapping the phone. They're screaming. They're <laughs> just, it's, like, it's so not good for anybody, but like you feel like you have to do it anyway. It gets a lot of things about motherhood right in a way that is unapologetic and really dark and really great, I think. Yeah, no, I'm going to I actually started yesterday and I was like, no, 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 it's too late. I'm kind of tired. I need to wait until I can pay attention. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Have you have what other have you seen any of the the new films? Um. Yes, we saw Don't Look Up. Oh, I did not see that. How is it? Listen to me. We saw Don't Look Up. We didn't do anything around the holidays. I know. You are a we now. You're a we. I'm such a we, but I don't have to be such an asshole about it. You're not being an asshole about it, but you're a we. You're a new we. It's fine. Like, I'm (laughs) such an old we. I'm like, I don't. (laughs) It's different. I know. I I know I it is it is different. Well, don't look up. I thought was not as smart as it thought it was. Yep. But um, and could have been. I mean, it could have been. It was a good movie. It could have been like it was a good movie that kind of got on my nerves. But it could have been such a good movie because it did really kind of take on the zeitgeist and you know yeah. the. You know, the, the, they, there's a comet coming towards Earth. Okay. And, you know, how people react to it. It was, it was, there were some very smart things about it, but, um, it, it's an apocalypse movie. Right. You know, which is it, always kind of a drag. But it's also like one of those movies that's celebrity packed in a way that feels like self congratulatory. Like I haven't yep. seen it, but I was just like, oh, these are just famous people having a famous person good time. <laughs> yeah. Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep plays the president. Like a kind of blonde, hard charging like president, and her and Jonah Hill, who I've never been a fan of, especially plays her son and chief of staff. Oh wow! And he's hilarious. Wow. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I like I know Jennifer Lawrence. Does. Jennifer Lawrence and Kate Blanchett's in it. I mean, it's just it's packed. It's just <laughs> they stack the deck. Started watching. Um, the French Dispatch. Oh, I saw that. I I was just like, oh, Wes it's, Anderson. It's just, I don't know. I like Wes Anderson. I like him better when he sticks to like family situations. What? I mean, this was maybe a little too close to home, a little too twee, a little little too too much. Just like exalting like a magazine and the magazine mm-hmm. business. I think maybe it was a little too much for me. Um. It was fine. I I didn't hate it. It was fine. I mean, it was still fun to look at, you know? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I I, I I watched about half of it, and I was like, I don't need to watch this. And I like some Wes Anderson movies, like Rushmore. I adore Rushmore is incredible. And um, why am I not thinking of all the other ones? The Royal Tenenbaums, amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, I I like I like many Wes Anderson movies, but like sometimes I'm like, uh, that's a little. This is a little too much, like all style, no substance for me. Yeah. Um, I even like the dog one, the animated dog one. I like the dog one too. I like, does he do the fox one too? Mr. Fox. Fantastic yes. Mr. Fox. I yes. like the fox one. I like the one where they're on a train in India. I'm forgetting what that in is. Jarling. Jarl I don't know how to pronounce that express. Yes. Darjeeling. 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 Anyway, I like that one. I watched a filmmaker that I love that nobody else loves as much as I do, Mike Mills. I watched um, Come On, Come On. Um, I want everything Gabby Hoffman is wearing in that entire movie. Every hmm. single thing. It's a little slow. I think the pacing is a little too slow for me. But Joaquin Phoenix is pretty amazing in it. It's not it's yeah. it's like a, it's like a fine movie, but it's it's very visually. I really like Mike Mills aesthetic and it's very visually appealing and that's um, fine. fine. He and Miranda July are like such an aspirational couple. They live in our neighborhood. We see them all the time. Our dog jumped on Miranda July once. It did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Who lives in my neighborhood? I saw I was waiting for bread in line behind John Turturro. Oh, that's a good ago. one. That's a good one. That yeah, and Boo Buscemi, I feel like they're the they're the two that you always see in Brooklyn. Yeah, he's somewhere near me. I don't know where. Um, but I also watched a, a short film, but it's part of a larger film uh, with Tilda Swinton and John Berger, who's that like old critic and socialist anyway it's called ways of listening and it's about their creative friendship and it's it's shot before he dies in the french alps at his house in the french alps and it's only 25 minutes long there are three other episodes after it in this movie but mm -hmm. it's it's really really gorgeous and talk about aspirational like it's how i wish i was living like having intimate conversations with creative people creating things together bouncing ideas off each other the way i used to live in college but now i get to do it as an old person it's about an intergenerational friendship it's just it's really really good i've now watched it three times um wow i just can't. how can people watch it how can people watch it oh you can watch it it's just on amazon so just oh. just type in uh, it's it, I found it on Vimeo when I was in Iceland and I couldn't um, I was having a hard time getting access to regular streaming. Um, and I was actually looking for the Karen Dalton um, movie, which I haven't I haven't seen yet. There's a Karen Dalton documentary out, but I don't know if it's streaming yet. I need to find it. Anyway, I was looking for that. I found it on Vimeo, but you can find it on Amazon. It's it's the first one is called Ways of Listening. And it's just type in Tilda Swinton ways of listening and you'll find it. It's really good. I'm going to watch it. That's all the shit I watched. That's it. <laughs> That's a lot of shit. That's a lot of shit. I've been watching a lot of shit too. Um, as I already yes. detailed. Take a quick break for some ads. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. I am in the mood for a good new 2022 book. I am reading Now Beacon, Now See by Chris Sorrentino. Um, and I think it's great. I think it's a great, wow. it's, it's, a, it's a son, it's called a son's memoir. And, you know, normally I don't, normally lately I don't fuck with men or their work. <laughs> I just don't care. Straight men, straight white men and their work. Let's say that. But. For obvious reasons, I was interested in a, a son's memoir. And, you know, he's a really profoundly beautiful writer, I think, an underrated writer in a lot of ways. And this is a very immediate and I wouldn't say propulsive, but I would say definitely engaging memoir of 
coming to terms with your parents' lives and your role in your parents' lives and your accountability as a child, which I think is Mm -hmm. all really interesting and yeah, trauma and identity. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really good. And then of course, there's the story that we both know because we're friends with his partner, Chris Sorrentino's partner. And it's a, it's a literary story about I mean, it's not a literary story. It's a story about cheating. And it's now been told in three memoirs. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. We can tell this story without naming names. Yes. There were two, there were once two couples. Yes. Um that we knew well. A, that yeah, that well, I didn't know the other couple, but as you know, I knew I knew one of the couples very, very well, hung out with them all the time, lived around the corner from them in Brooklyn. And um the woman. God, I feel so guilty talking about this. The woman <laughs> left the man for another man. I mean, for another man. And then, like, I lunacy ensued. Yes. Like, it was like Dynasty or Dallas-type circumstances. And we were just in the middle of it, weirdly. I was, I was in the middle because I knew couple A really well as well. That's actually how you and I know each other really closely because we're True. both friends with this, with this woman. And who I love very, very much and who I do not fault the decision she made at all. But it was weirdly, I don't, I have not had like a social scandal like this. That was scandal. It was like people who didn't, people who didn't know them knew about it. Everyone was so mad too. And so judgmental and awful. I was. You were, you were. I was terrible to her and she's a lovely person. And I hope she knows I regret that because. I I was really terrible. I totally blamed her. I had a crush on her husband. Of course, that was why. Right. Well, everybody, I mean, the thing is, every I had a crush. Everybody had a crush on her husband. Her husband was the best guy in the world. That was also part of this, too. Yes. Yes. Um, it's it's interesting when you witness something like that and how much you insert yourself into somebody else's story, at least when you're young and unevolved. I mean, we weren't that young, but we were younger. I mean, it's what, 15 years ago now? Um Yeah, at least. And inserting yourself in somebody else's drama, I remember because I was so involved in it and I was really supporting the woman. I remember my husband saying to me, I think you're so in- I think you're so involved with this because you want to distract yourself from your own life. Like, I think you need to start dealing with your own life, which yeah. was an interesting thing to have somebody say. I just remember that at that point in time, you and I were like not hanging out a lot. We were working together, but we were not hanging out. There had been some kind of tension. And then that happened. We were like, come to my office and have a cigarette right now. (laughs) We have to talk about this endlessly. It's so funny. I don't know. Was that, is it like, is it, because that was like pre-social media. I wonder if things just don't happen in that way anymore. Or I wonder if I just haven't had any scandalous mess, messiness around me in a long time. Or I wonder if I'm not as close to people as I used to be. I don't know. It's one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I think things like that still happen. Yeah. Yeah. But they have to. I mean, I think, you know, COVID has probably tamped down a little bit of people. Oh, and you know the amazing thing about the fact that I was so shitty to her about the fact that she had an affair? Yeah. I had an affair before her affair. I mean, I mean, I left my husband after having an affair. I did the same exact fucking thing. I mean, the thing is, is like we hate 
we hate the things that other people the most that are most representative of ourselves, right? So it's like, yes. you know, of course we were just like, oh, but also there was just, it was, it like broke all of our stability because couple A was like such a stabilizing force in my life, at least, you know? They were for me too. They were solid. You know, they were like, as a matter of fact, and I've told this story before, I bet, but when I was deciding whether to t leave my husband, I thought of three couples I knew who I thought had really good marriages. And I told myself, if I stay with my husband, I'm telling myself I don't deserve to be as happy as them. Yeah. Two of those couples are now divorced. I know. I know both of those couples that are divorced. Um, yeah, but it's funny because I would not react. I mean, I didn't react judgmentally to them only because I was so, I was really so close to the woman in that situation. But I, I don't think I'd react judgmentally to almost anything anymore that a female friend yeah. of mine did. I, I'm just like, oh shit happens. Fuck it. Live your life. I don't care. You know, <laughs> like it's just like live. It's so funny because I think I can be such an angry person, but, um, I think I agree. I think I'm the same way. I, 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 you know, I've had, I've had friends come to me and say, I am very tempted to have an affair right now. And my advice always is it looks much easier than it is. You yeah. know, yeah. You know, it, it looks very easy to cheat and the price you may pay, you know, and do it if you want, but you may end up paying a price you were not looking, you were not looking to pay for this. Well, there's a, um, there's that show with the Duplass brothers, um, togetherness a couple of years ago. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, it was set in, in a very similar part of LA to the part of LA I live in. It was very much like, you know, Eagle Rock parents, Silver Lake parents, white people, blah, 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 old marrieds. Oh, we're bored because we have kids, the whole thing. Right. And <laughs> Melanie Linsky is the is the wife is I think it's, it's not Jay. It's Mark Duplass's wife in this. And for like the whole first season, she's set up to have an affair. She's bored. Their sex life is boring. He the, the, she's like he she says to a friend, he always pu puts a pillow under my head before we have sex. And she was like, I don't want a fucking pillow under my head. I want to just get <laughs> fucked. So anyway, so she's set up to have this affair and she's flirting with this guy. And, and finally she does it. And the sex itself is fine. But then the sex is over and she looks at the guy she's had the affair with and he does something kind of disgusting and it's unfamiliar. And None of it is great. And she, you just see all the regret wash over her. Mm. And it's just like, then she has to go back to her house and see her kids and see her husband. And I think about that moment all the time of the, the right after, you know, you've mm -hmm. done a thing you can't take back. You've changed the trajectory of your life in some way because you broke the trust in your relationship and you only really get one trust card. And once you trade it in, the relationship is different. It might continue on, but it's different, you know? And I, I think about that all the time, which is the thing that's kept me from having an affair, to be honest, even in the worst times of my marriage, because I don't, I don't want to feel like that. And I don't want to betray somebody. Do you really feel like you only get one trust card in marriage? Yeah, I do. Wow. I think you, I think once you open that up, I, if you are in, if you are in a relationship where you've both decided you are going to be committed to each other, 
right? You've decided that you're in a monogamous relationship. It's not open, right? Right. That's the deal you've made with each other. Once you break that, how does the other person and you lie and you have lies around it and there's buildup of lies, right? The, once the lying starts, because there's always a lot of lying around the affair, even before the sex happens, there's lying yeah. of like, you're like, you know, neutralizing, oh, my friend at this place because you don't want any suspicion to happen. So there, there's, there's, a, there's a sort of web of lies that starts. And once you're lying to each other, then how do you trust yeah. each you're always going to question if the person's telling you the truth yeah yeah i mean i've seen couples get over an affair it it's not impossible oh i think I know, you can I know, yeah. I know more than one couple that have that have like had that breach of trust and managed to and managed to stick together but um in in the cases that i know it's always like every birthday every anniversary it's the first thing I think of. Yep. Yep. Because you know what? The sex is whatever. It's the betrayal. It's the being lied to. I mean, I don't, yeah. I hate being lied to. I feel so unsafe about lies. You know, I just, I, I don't even like a surprise party because I don't mm -hmm. like, I don't like the lies that have to lead up to the surprise party. Right. And some people are different. Some people have tolerance for that that I don't have. I mean, so obviously for me, it's you hand in the trust card. I mean, other people it just might be like, oh, whatever. He lied to me about fucking somebody. I don't care. But that's not the way it is for me. And I think that it does change your relationship. It alters it. It doesn't mean it can't be good again, but it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's forever altered. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but. I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't know why I'm trying to put a little smiley face on <laughs> the horribleness of having Well, no, having let's put affair. a smiley face on it because sometimes maybe that can be, maybe that affair could bring you closer depending on how you manage it afterwards. Maybe that affair could have been an indication of so many issues that you haven't discussed with each other. And maybe you start discussing them. I mean, if you think about being healthy and evolved and open with each other, and maybe you can find new intimacy with each other. I, I don't know. In my relationship, I don't know how we would come back from that. But we're just, that's just the kind of people we are. And that's the kind of bond that we have with each other. I don't think everybody yeah. has that. Because certainly I had relationships where I had other relationships that were close and that with men that I could have married that I had one night stands like when they were away or whatever. And it didn't matter because that wasn't the kind of emotional intimacy that relationship required. Right. right. I mean, I, you know, I've certainly cheated in the past and in some, sometimes it didn't even feel that bad. It was just like, Oh, well, this is, this is just part of this. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I felt no guilt when I did it. And I think some of that had to do with the circumstances of my marriage at the time. But I felt no guilt about it. I mean, I remember making out with him that first day and like opening my eyes for a second and like my finger with my ring on it was around his neck, you know? Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. and I was like and I was like, OK, yeah. All right. So I'm doing this. Yep. But yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I had a marriage that needed to end. But if you're actually like that's when it seems easy like when you're making out with somebody and you see your ring and you're like this is fun and easy well 
two things. I mean, I had, I cheated on a boyfriend like New Year's Eve one year. I cheated on a boyfriend. I met this guy at the end of the night at a bar. I took him home. He was super hot. It was super great. I left his house the next day and like went and hung out with my friend who worked at this video store wearing like head to toe like sequins. And it was just like a Mm -hmm. wild time. And my boyfriend was away and it didn't matter. And it wasn't like I was super young. I was like in my early thirties, but like that was, it just didn't matter. It was like, the, it didn't matter to, it wouldn't have even probably mattered to the boyfriend that much. We just didn't right. have that ownership with each other. Right. Right. Um, but I think that there's this idea sometimes that affairs just happen and that it's not a choice, right? Like it just, it just happened, you know, it's just one thing no, led to another choice. and it's an absolute choice because absolutely, it's, it's a choice every step of the way. It's the choice to open up to the emotional affair because that's where it starts, right? A lot of times, not always, but emotional affairs. And you, you are, you are actively choosing and, you know, you have to just have your eyes wide open about this shit. Is this what I want to do? Or is this what I not want to do? You know, like, it sounds like that was what you wanted to do and what you needed. Oh, I knew I wanted to have an affair. Yeah. Like, because I, 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 I mean, I won't get graphic about why I knew I wanted to have an affair, but I was quite clear on that. Right. Um, there's a phrase for it, the exit affair. Yeah. When people have affairs to get out of their marriages. But you know what I've been thinking about? Who was it who came on the podcast and talked? I think it may have been last week. I think it might have been Grace Bonney talking about how you have to accept all, sit at the table with all your past selves. Yes. I've been thinking about that so much. Yeah. Because it's it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to think about some of the mistakes I made, some of the most cringy moments of my life and just be like, yeah, she's she gets to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I I have an easier time forgiving old versions of myself. I have a harder time with present day self. Like Mm -hmm. I have a harder time now when I feel like I know myself better and I feel like I'm, I'm more evolved when I make just like a fucking thoughtless mistake. Mm -hmm. I really have a hard time not, I have a hard time giving, having, having compassion for myself in the present day because I feel like I should know better. And like last month I handled like, three situations in a way that I did not like. And I was, I was a little bit careless. I was moving too fast. I wasn't thinking of other people's feelings. And it really made me super dysregulated because I was like, fuck, how many times do I have to learn this lesson? You know, it's like, okay, I can forgive 10 years ago, me, I was still fucked up. I was still this, but like, what's going on now? I know better than this. (laughs) I know, but still, 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 but I hear you about the, about the table. And I, I, I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you have a flash of something you did and you just like cringe. You're just like, oh fuck. But uh, I almost feel so disconnected from that person that I can, I can look at my former self like a stranger almost and be like, oh, that girl was in trouble. You know, that girl was too drunk, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, It's, I don't know. I, um, I mean, I guess when you talk about, I don't know if this is going to make any sense when you talk about, um, 
having less patience for your present self, maybe, maybe having and having some empathy for your past self is a way to get that because they're all this. It's all you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had I have a friend. Well, it's um, Ray Hans, and we still talk to each other. And um, she said to me a couple of weeks ago when we talked, she said you know, maybe self-flagellating is just your thing. Like maybe it's just <laughs> your kink. Like maybe you should just accept that you that beating yourself up is like the way that you operate on the planet. And like, instead of constantly trying to change it, just sit with it. And I was like, huh, <laughs> that's interesting. Like as a way to, because that's also the Grace Bonnie thing that we're always looking for action, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe my action is just maybe the the way that I find action is by like making things about myself so big and so terrible and so shitty that at least something feels like it's happening because if not, it's going to be life is boring and then I should just die. And also it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Someone I know who is in the 12 step program was talking about or had been part of the 12 step program was talking about a line that, you know, addicts can deal with any kind of pain, but give them a little bit of discomfort and it will kill them. It will just make them crazy. And as somebody who has had her issues with substances, like I can a hundred percent co-sign that. Like I deal so horribly with, with like uncomfortable feelings, like niggling, bothersome things, you know, cancer I could deal with. Interesting. You know, Interesting. I think I am super comfortable in discomfort. I think I thrive in discomfort. I think that's why I'm constantly making myself uncomfortable. I think <laughs> that I have like thrive in a kind of masochism. And that's what that's what I think it is. But anyway, this is getting like oh, up my own ass too much. <laughs> up my own ass and in my innards. Um <laughs> I know this is a loopy episode. It is a loopy ass episode. What are we even doing? Um, <laughs> I so speaking of the lost daughter, have you ever read any of Elena Ferrante's books? So funny you should ask. Just this morning, in fact, I was laying in bed thinking about the lost daughter and how I'm going to watch it. Thinking about Elena Ferrante, thinking about how I have never read any Elena Ferrante, and everybody's like, "Oh, but you must." I tried um, and I didn't. I didn't feel like I must. I tried to, and I did not feel like I must either. It just like I and that, you know, I'm sure she's wonderful. It's like bands, you know, there are bands that I know objectively are good, but I cannot stand their sound. Elvis like Costello. Too. Elvis Costello for me. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know their quality, mm -hmm. but you just don't want to hear them. Abba. I can't listen to Abba. Oh, come on. That's yeah, I obviously. <laughs> No, but people love that. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. And that's why like taste is subjective. And no, I was I was thinking about Elena Ferrante and I was thinking about how she's living a creative life correctly as a person who's invisible. Like, <laughs> who is she? Who knows? She just gets to make her art and put it out into the world and nobody knows where she is and who she is. Which is something I see, that I feel like only men have gotten to do historically. Well, how do we know Elena Ferrante isn't a man? 
Oh, I had never thought of that. But I thought about it this morning. I thought about it this morning because I thought like to understand, you know, to understand female emotions and motivations the way that whoever wrote it must understand it. Like you'd have to be a woman, but that's not true. No, it's not true. It's not true. But women would, women would, de- women readers would definitely respond better to a book like that being written about friendship and all of that by a woman. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. No, I mean, it could be true. No, but what I was thinking about was, and again, I'm going to keep referencing. Obviously, we both enjoy- enjoyed very much the Grace Bonnie episode. I've been thinking a lot about how much being a content maker has fucked up my life has fucked up my brain, has, you know, I just everything, just the, the the feedback, accepting feedback, but also just my brain always thinking of content, like, and how obsessive I've always been about it, like finding the right image, the perfectionism in a sentence, not being able to let go, caring way too much about the product, right? And yeah. living life in a way that I'm always like vacuuming up information so I can synthesize it and turn it into content somewhere, whether it's here or social media or a newsletter or my book. And like how fucked up that is a way to live, you know, on on top of everything. You know, when I worked at New York Magazine many, many years ago, and I was running the, you know, the, the entertainment listings and doing other features and whatever, Um, My brother said to me, my brother Mike said, you know, your problem is like nothing new is new enough for you and nothing cool is cool enough for you. And that is because of working in magazines and always having to like hear the album before it comes out and go to the screening and go to the preview of the restaurant and all the shit that we did. So normal life just loses a little bit of its sheen because... You're so used to, I mean, that, that was the first time. And now that, and now that there is so much content to be made by any one person, you know, every social media platform and everything else, it, it, it's, it's even more. But the idea that you are the content, that your life is the content, that you are, you are the character in the story. It's the main character energy and it's just always there. And how does that impact the decisions you make, the choices you make from what you put on in the morning to, you know, which turn you take on the street? How much are you being driven by how, if this will make good content or not? And I do feel that a little bit like I the other day I was like, oh, maybe I should go on this meditation retreat for the book. You know, it's just like that stunt journalism thing that I had because I worked for Time Out New York and I was like, oh, what is the weirdest story I can track down in New York that I I can experience and then write about in the first person? And that's a little bit different than reporting on something when it's just you experiencing the world and then that's the that's the story. It's 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 a fucked up way to live and it makes me not want to do it anymore. Well, I don't, I would discourage you from not doing it anymore, but maybe, maybe the trick is to like turn off the part of a, a person's brain that it's like, you know, like every time I get to genius on this New York Times spelling bee, I like take a picture of it because I want to post it mm-hmm. and I never post it 
you know, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. I just think that, you know, you, you create content out of yourself and you make yourself very vulnerable. Right. And you also make yourself accountable to your audience in some ways. Totally. Totally. And, you know, and that that's, you know, for anybody that's the, you know, because also it's a way to connect, right? The, the content, this is so, this is, this is a horrible conversation. I can't tell. This might be a disgusting (laughs) conversation. I really can't tell, but I feel like what Grace was saying about, you know, finding answers on the internet, connecting on the internet through telling your own story and I feel like this gets harder as you get older because I don't want to be seen in the same way or I don't need to be seen in the same way. I don't need the same kind of validation I needed. And actually, Mm -hmm. it all makes me uncomfortable. The sort of parasocial nature of all of this makes me kind of uncomfortable as I'm getting older in a way that when I was young and just driven by ego, it didn't. So I also feel like we talk a lot about the fact that like, oh, magazines died and that was sad. And so we don't have careers anymore. But I think we would have aged out of those careers anyway, because I don't think we needed it in the same way. No, it's true. And magazines were like a young person's game. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So anyway, I don't know. We're still making content on the Internet. It's weird to <laughs> every week be like. This is what I think about things when I'm like constantly evolving my brain. I don't know who I am right now. Like all of it. It's just strange just to be putting it out there. It is strange. And we get feedback from people saying like the more personal you are, the better. The, The farther you take it, the better. But then what those people don't realize is when we say those very vulnerable making things, then sometimes they say mean things about us. <laughs> and then I cry. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's such a stupid. We just have to get fucking over this. We're just doing a podcast about being middle-aged. I'm still going to drink caffeine and have hot flashes. I'm sweating right now. It's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> I'm sweating it as I'm having this coffee. <laughs> yeah. I just got, I don't know. I got a rude comment on the blog yesterday. And lots of readers, like, you know, defended me, which was nice. But I was just, it's moments like that when I'm just like, why are you listening if you really think this is such a shitty podcast? Right, right. And like, why are you a meanie? Like, what made you such a meanie? I think that person, because I also read that comment, I think that person was trying to give you constructive criticism because there was there was a compliment in there to like, I've hated everything you've done before, but now it seems <laughs> like maybe you might start doing something good. Looking forward to you being better. That was the that, yes. is, that is the comment. That basically, was basically <laughs> it. Yes. You've sucked forever, but last week you didn't suck as much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it was because another person talked who wasn't you. I mean, maybe that was it. Excuse me. Um. But mainly, we just know we can't be reading this shit. This is like, this is the 101 of doing anything is don't read it. Don't read it. Don't look at it. Don't let it get into your head. Stop, stop, stop. But we are Pisces. And what do you want from us? (laughs) 
I know. We're just vulnerable, moody little Pisces. That's it. That's it. Microdosing, moody, hot flashing, just fucking messy <laughs> fucking people. <laughs> Love us or go away. Love us or go away. It's all right. Um all right. Well, I think. But please. But go ahead. But please love us. And please, please don't go away. Us. We're just. Yeah. And please don't go away because we're Pisces and we really don't want that no, at all. No. How about the other day when we had that person lead in a cover letter with their astrological with their sign. sign? Yes. That was hilarious. This is a Gen Z thing, I think. Like everyone's like, oh, my God, let's, you know, we can just talk about our astrological signs as if it's it's real. as if Science. It's, yes. Exactly. As if it's science. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we had somebody apply for a job and lead with their, um, astrological sign. And you were like, I don't know about that. And I was like, I think it's just the way they are. The young. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening and to everything is fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it on all the platforms. If you want to send us feedback of any kind, I swear we can handle it. You can send it to <laughs> everything is fine, the podcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow the show on social media, we're on Instagram at EIF podcast. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. We have a Patreon, um, which is patreon.com backslash everything is fine, where you can go for bonus content. And you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.